Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you on this Sunday morning and we're thankful for each one that is here. Lord, we ask that you would accept the singing of these hymns to your honor and glory. Lord, we ask that we would worship you with our hearts and our minds as we surrender ourselves anew and afresh to your word. Lord, we just ask, I ask for power to be able to preach your word. But Lord, uh, we also need the Holy Spirit to work in each heart and each life to hear the word. We ask that you would change us and help us to live for you in these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen church at this time. The rest of us, let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 20. want to examine basically one verse this morning, Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. This verse is part of uh, Paul's closing comments. He is uh, meeting with the elders of the church at Ephesus on his way back to Jerusalem. He does not know exactly what is going to happen, but it's already been made very apparent to the Apostle Paul that when he gets to Jerusalem, things are not going to go very well. And he parts with the uh, elders at Ephesus saying, I'm not going to ever see you in this life again. And part of those words, as he was closing there, in verse 35, I have showed you all things. How that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, every child believes that verse on Christmas Day. Amen. Uh, I don't want you to miss out on any blessings, Mom and Dad, so make sure that you give a lot. Uh, uh, I've actually had people uh, call the church or stop by and say, you know, we, we need this or that. And, and uh, when we, we have a policy, we try to help people that are hungry for sure. If they'll come to a service, uh, we, we do what we can, but... Uh, when I told one person and said, I, uh, our church does not give cash to anyone. And, and they said, well, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm sitting there going, uh, you're just taking that a little bit out of context. And uh, the smell of alcohol on your breath and the pack of cigarettes, $10 pack of cigarettes in your pocket tells me that uh, you could be in a little better position than you find yourself if you hadn't spent money on those things that led to your current situation. And we're not trying to be hurtful or mean here, but God does not give handouts. He gives a hand up. Amen? God does not... He meets us where we are. I love to say it this way. God loves you so much, He will only save you just as you are. But His love is so great, He's not going to let you stay that way. And so, as we approach next Sunday, it's hard to believe, Christmas Sunday. Uh, I make an announcement at the end of the service, but... Uh, we tried to contact, I believe we did get everyone on the list contacted. Brother Hiram called Thursday in the afternoon 
and said it would uh, uh, be in, in your best interest to move the caroling from the 14th uh, to the 21st because it's going to rain all day here in Fleshman's. And I, I checked the weather and we would have arrived just about a half an hour before the rain started and it would have rained the whole time we were there. Uh, and so uh, in the higher elevations, we could have even uh, come on some freezing rain and things. So uh, this Saturday, it, the, the weather promises to be very cooperative, cold and clear. And uh, we might even have a little snow on the ground. So uh, uh, we'll see about that. If you want to go uh, this Saturday, even though you signed up before, would you just do the, uh, 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 us the favor of signing up again so we can make sure that we have uh, enough seats in all the vehicles for everyone. And uh, we are uh, looking forward uh, to doing that. And uh, But don't get so tired at Fleshman's, you can't be here on Sunday morning. Amen? And uh, you see, I want to take the next two Sundays, this Sunday and next Sunday, and kind of uh, preach two different halves of the, service, of the sermon. Today, I'd like to preach about giving. The blessings of giving. Jesus said, according to the Apostle Paul here, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, how many of you have found a verse in the Gospels where Jesus uttered those exact words? Uh, I want to challenge you if you have. You got the wrong Bible because it's not in there. Uh, uh, and so, where would Paul have gotten this information that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive? Well, number one... Uh, the sediments here, the thought process that is involved in, in these words are on every page of Jesus' teaching in the Bible. Uh, that it is, Jesus talked about giving. He talked about coming to give himself and, and spoke about these things. And one commentator suggested that John chapter 21 verse 25 covers the issue. And I'll just read it quickly here. It says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. And so very uh, succinctly there, John put in this uh, caveat, we might say, at the very end of his book, that if everything Jesus did and said was recorded, it, it would be so voluminous that we could not read it. God has given us a, a very summary performance of Jesus' life in the four Gospels, four different views uh, of his life and his ministry. And so Paul tells us that part of Jesus' teaching here is this statement that is used often, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, the point being is not someone who needs something telling someone who has something it's better for you to give and for me to receive. That's not what this passage is about. This passage is about all things. Look at the very beginning. Verse 35, I have showed you all things. Now, who was Paul talking to? 
the elders at the church of Ephesus. So, what was Paul giving instruction on? The universal brotherhood of all believers and the goodness and the truth of the invisible universal church. Can anybody hear the sarcasm there? I hope you can. Uh, Paul was teaching how the local church should behave. In fact, he said, I've given you everything you need to be a church. Now, that's kind of important because we've had many, many innovators come through over the years, starting their own churches, modifying the faith to such a point that it became a distinct and separate doctrinal system all on its own. And what we're striving for here is to fulfill those things which the Bible says a local church ought to be involved in. It says we're to help the weak... And we're support the, it says laboring, ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, because of the work of this church, I can give you a personal testimony of some of this being more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, when our church started out, uh, my wife and I spent about 18 months traveling from church to church. And what we did is the same exact thing that our missionaries do that go to the foreign field. Uh, we raised support. We got promises from churches to uh, send us so much money a month. And that's what we lived on. Uh, the first, uh, actually, seven years or so that we were here in Astoria, the church uh, began paying us a salary uh, uh, very late into that. And when we got to about eight, seven, eight years into that, then the church began paying our salary. And, and we were very thankful for that. But uh, then we came the building purchase. And I literally traveled from coast to coast and corner to corner. Uh, I don't think I got to the state of Maine, but I believe there were some preachers at least uh, uh, very close to Maine and Vermont and other places there up into Canada that they gave very generously so that we could uh, purchase our building. And uh, I remember going to the first home missions conference at Heartland Baptist Bible College, 19. 19- 99. And uh, it was in the old gym. And uh, that was the first time I think, well, I'd actually been in Brother Brown's meeting, which was very similar to that uh, in, in the previous October. Uh, and preachers getting up and giving. And I don't remember what it was, but uh, I remember standing there and preachers coming up to me and saying, uh, can we help you with your building purchase? And, uh, of course, it was, yes, you may. And, and I remember one pastor, uh, Dave Hardy, walked up and he said, Hey, you're just the man I'm looking for. Hand me a little envelope in it. And there was enough money in that envelope. He said, This is for you. And, uh, and uh, I bought the wood uh, that we built our kitchen table and our bunk beds and uh, most of the main furniture of our house I built with the money that uh, bought wood that he gave me. And 
I'll tell you, I was on the receiving end. Uh, now when I go to the home missions conference, we're on the giving end. I, I like being on the giving end. Uh, sometimes it's hard. And some of you know what I mean. You, you have needs. And if somebody doesn't, if God doesn't work a miracle, if somebody doesn't give, you just go without. And, and uh, that's a difficult place to be. Sometimes the Lord puts us there. But the first point, one we've labored a lot on here, it is more blessed to give than to receive demands that you have resources to give. Now, I want to challenge you today that no believer in Jesus Christ has any excuse for lack of resources. Now, we're not talking about uh, just money here this morning. We're talking about life. We're talking about the greatest things that God has given us. Even in the most dire circumstances, we often have at least something that we can share with someone else. But if you're going to become a part of that blessed group, that more blessed group, the Bible says that in order to give, you have to have something to give. I remember talking with Brother Clayton one time and he said, uh, the ministry that God has called me to, he said, it's so difficult. He says, because... Uh, uh, so much of my ministry is giving to people, and he's helped start churches literally all over the world. And, uh, and uh, there were uh, several times when we were raising money for our building, I would give the testimony, I'm out of the Cleveland Baptist Church, Roy Thompson's my pastor, Larry Clayton, I trained with him out of ministry, and I remember a group of uh, pastors in Ohio says, listen, we know where he's from, we know who trained him, we know what this guy's about, now let's give him some money. And in 15 minutes, they raised $24,000 for us to buy, help buy this building. That was pretty fun. You know what I was doing? I was riding some coattails, uh, wasn't I? Uh, that was happening to me because other people had something, uh, had done things, and I was the recipient. You see... If we're going to be a part, and I, I want Open Door Bible Baptist Church to be a part of that, and I want each one of us as individuals. The greatest place we can be is in that more blessed category. How do we get there? We've got to get some resources, amen? We've got to find some place to get what we need. That's uh, 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 I've, I've had sometimes over the years people say, Pastor, I'm just really discouraged. I just got to, uh, I'm just working and I'm just this. Isn't there more? I said, yeah, there is. Open up your eyes and see what you're already doing. See that that job is not just a job. It's supporting missionaries all over the world. It's keeping our doors open. It's keeping the building warm. It's uh, helping us so that we as a church can give to other people. 
So the first point is you must have resources. The second point is very obvious. If you're going to be part of that more blessed group, you've got to be willing to part with some of those resources. That's where it gets hard. Uh, what was the old story? Uh, the preacher went out to visit Joe and said, Joe, if God gave you a million dollars, would you give the church half of it? Pastor, you know I would. And they began talking about, Joe, if you had $20, would you give half of it? He said, Preacher, that isn't fair. You know I have $20. And, and uh, the, the point simply being, if you're going to give, you've got to be willing to part for those resources. But then the other thing is, you've got to find a proper recipient, do you not? Do you know that there are still warehouses all over New York State that have done nothing but serve as a repository of excess supplies that were given to New York City because of 9-11? We're talking about warehouses. We're not talking about uh, uh, a garage. I mean, we're, we're talking about tons and tons and tons of things and I wonder how much of that water just expired and uh, had to be gotten rid of and how many of those band-aids and different packagings are now just worthless, been sitting in warehouses for a decade, over a decade now, because it was way too much. Giving, if it's going to be blessed, has got to be done properly. You see, we don't believe in this fake giving where I take what's yours by force and give it to somebody else who doesn't need it. Uh, That's called government. Uh, That's not necessarily a good thing. And that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is people going to God and getting resources And finding recipients that are in need, that's one of the reasons why we're careful about the missionaries we pick and the missionaries we support and the different ministries uh, that we give money to here. And we try to be uh, as careful as we possibly can in how we run the church and the expenditure of funds is because people have given. And we want to be the uh, proper and the best recipient or disperser of those funds that, that we can. The greatest example of giving, of course, is God. How can we get past that? The greatest gift that was ever given, the greatest story that was ever told. Uh, you know, you talk about the inspiration. I mean, uh, Black Friday is because retailers finally pay all their bills and break even, and their margin of profit is between the Friday after Thanksgiving and uh, uh, January 1st. Uh, that is not, should not be true of all companies, but it is true of many of the retail stores. They stay open for the Christmas season. That's where they make their money. The rest of the year is just paying bills. And... Uh, Uh, Why is that? Why do people give? I mean, I I like to say if Linus could get it right, why can't we? Uh, 
How many know who Linus is? From the Peanuts. I mean, he was the one with thumb in his mouth and blanket in his hand uh, that read the Christmas story in the, the old cartoons. But I want you just to stop and think about what God has given us. Lord willing, next Saturday we're going to drive up and normally this time of year with a little snow on the branches, the drive once we get off the thruway is one of the most beautiful drives that uh, you can experience in New York State. Just driving up through the mountains and seeing the snow on the trees and uh, just the mountains and all the beautiful things that are there. Didn't God do a great job when he created the heavens and the earth? Uh, I, I like looking at the pictures, not always, but of outer space when they have the, the nebula there. And, and uh, I, I found out something terrible the other day. Those beautiful multicolored pictures, uh, what they do is those are black and white photos and they color the different dust clouds differently uh, to make those things. And I was going, oh, I thought that was the way it looked all the time. Uh, no, it's a, a scientific enhancement. At least that's my understanding of it. Uh, so that we can see the different layers and the, and the contrasting matter there that's in space. But, I mean, you look at Earth. How many of you have seen a picture of Earth from one of the satellites out of space? I mean, it is, it is different than every other planet. I mean, they got blue ones and green ones and orange ones and red ones and yellow planets. But Earth is, it just looks like it's alive, does it not? And uh, they keep telling us that they found an Earth-like planet in another solar system. I, I don't believe them. Uh, God made this one. But what has man done? Stop and think about this. What has God done good for us that man hasn't tried to destroy? What good thing hasn't God done that man hasn't messed up? And yet, God has given us salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The fact that God himself would pay the price for our salvation. Uh, if, if you want to do the study, you will not find any other religion where God effects the salvation of those that follow him. You will find salvation, uh, a salvation that can be earned by doing things, by performing great works, by giving great amounts of money. You'll find salvation uh, that, that all has to do with you. But only the Bible gives us a God that took care of everything necessary for salvation and offers us a gift of eternal life. That's why those words are up there behind the pulpit. To remind us every time we walk in this auditorium that it is finished. I'll tell you another gift. How about this book called the Bible? 
I mean, we've studied the history here. There is no book known to mankind that has the history that this book has. There's no book that's been burned more and tried to be destroyed than this book. Uh, the great uh, philosopher Voltaire said that he would replace the Bible with his own philosophies. And I doubt anyone in this room has ever read a whole book written by Voltaire. And yet, every one of us brought a Bible with us to church this morning. How about the gift of the church? How, how many of you... If you just stop and think, what does church mean to you personally? What has happened in your lives? Some of you got saved right here in this building. Some of you got married here. Some of you built your entire life here. Listen, I I have gladly dedicated my life to be the pastor of this church. And after 27 years, the only regrets I have is where I have failed in being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. The fellowship of believers. The fact that we can encourage one another and the hope of eternal life. I do not know how people get up in the morning and go through life without an understanding that there is something greater than what they do with their own hands. I don't understand the, uh, how someone, uh, or I should say, I do understand the great amount of despair and suicide that goes through our society today and uh, the fact that the psychiatric wards are always overbooked and overfull and understaffed because there's so much of a need of those things. Because people who reject the gift of God, people who turn their back on the truth that God has given us, I I don't understand how you keep, I don't understand how anyone keeps their sanity. But God saved us not to get, but to give. Amen? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Number one, you've got to get resources. You've got to be willing to part with those resources. You've got to find a proper recipient for those resources. If, if you're going to be that more blessed giver, uh, you need to just simply do the giving right. And we look at those resources that God has given us. You see, how did you get saved? You gave yourself to God, did you not? I've often talked to people and they say, well, nobody's ever loved me. Nobody cared for me. Uh, I, I just had no real human touch in my life that was proper and right. It was all evil and and people trying to take advantage of me. And I, I just want to remind you this morning that... God valued your soul enough to send His Son, Jesus Christ, to Calvary's cross. 
We live in a world where people are trying to get self-esteem. I, I would dare say we have way too much self-esteem. But if we could understand a little bit about how much God loved us, we wouldn't have a problem loving ourselves in, in the right sense of the word. If God valued me so much that he sent Jesus to pay the price for my sins, that puts a value on me far above any psychological, any, uh, any imagined thing that you can do. But how do I live for God? Well, uh, the same way you got saved. It's by giving. It's by surrendering my life. This is what Jesus meant when he said, If any man will follow me, let him take up his cross. How often? Daily. And follow me. Why? Because he wants us to be in that group of givers. You say, I have nothing to give. Well, God just put a value on your soul far above any other commodity known to mankind. And if you will willingly give your soul to God, that's what you're doing. You are giving Him what He desires the most. You are surrendering your life to Him. You will find that it is far more blessed to give the direction of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ to live for Him at His command, to give the control of your life to Him, than to try to do it yourself. Could we say amen to that? And do you understand that when I give myself to the Lord, that I encourage other people to do the same thing and help them? I mean, I am so thankful that I am the pastor of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. It has been the greatest privilege of my life to, to be the pastor of this church. But you know, it wouldn't be a very good uh, job if no one came to church on Sunday morning. Years ago, Peter and I were standing in Dipmarsh. At the corner, and I just remember this, and we were standing there, and on comes this guy on a Harley, loud pipes open all the way, pat, 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 roaring through the intersection, and and uh, Peter and I were having some discussion about something, and I said, now, Peter, I, w- I want you to tell me what's going on in this intersection right now. And as Peter, only Peter could do, he starts here, and he just... And he's taking everything in. I mean, he's just full 360. He said, everybody's staring at the guy on the motorcycle. He said, I don't know how it took you so long to come up with that, but that, yeah, that's the right thing. But here's the question. Is anybody following? Is anybody following the guy? He said, no, he's just making a lot of noise. 
i.e. Stephen Anderson, i.e. Mr. Olstein. What is that? Uh, Purpose-driven life, purpose-driven church, Uh, whatever that thing is in Chicago where everybody wants to go and watch Broadway, imitation Broadway shows in church. Um, Listen, the world is full of noise, especially Christmas time. God wants us to get serious about our giving. What did, he, what did Paul tell the Macedonians? He's actually telling the Corinthians about the Macedonians. He said they first did what? They first gave their own selves. They didn't have anything left to give. I want you to understand one thing, if we can, about this thing. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And we look around and we say, okay, but I mean, the only thing I could do is share what I have and we'll both starve to death. Well, that worked out pretty well for the widow at Zarephath, now didn't it? Amen? Uh, God values your soul. Can we give it to Him? If He values your soul, does He not value the life that that soul lives equally? And that is a daily gift that we can give to God. And if you will give it, I want to challenge you. God will move you into that more blessed category. Do we receive when when we give to God? Pressed down, running over, more than we can handle? Absolutely, but let us not be among the numbers that give to get. You ever met a giver to getter? I mean, they're willing to do anything as long as the return is over 10%. Uh, I'll tell you what, I don't like being around those people. They don't ever help me get anything done. Always leave you feel like you've been taken advantage of. They're just, hey, uh, I, you know, I'm the kind of guy that when... I go into a restaurant, if I take a big group like my family or something, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll take the tip and they'll include it in the bill. I don't like that. When that happens, that's all they get. I I do better than the average. I want to. But when you take it, that, that, listen... The relationship with God is a willing relationship. We give because we want to be servants of the Most High God. You see, here's what 1 John 4.19 says. If you know it, say it out loud. We love Him because He first loved us. Let's try it again. We love Him because He first loved us. Now, these last few minutes here, 
Let's just think of some of the resources that Jesus has made available to those that believe in him. How about the woman at the well? But whosoever drinketh of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Do you know that the human body can live about three days without water? Under normal circumstances. Jesus said, you'll never thirst. Now, that's not talking about physical water. We understand that. It's talking about the Holy Spirit that he gives us. That he wells up within us and we have what we need for life. How many of you know someone who, uh, who is just discouraged and down about life? I mean, every one of us. We work with people like this all the time. We run into them everywhere we go. Let me ask you a question. Do we as Christians ever need to be find ourselves in that situation? I want to challenge you. We don't. Because Jesus has promised us His supply. Old Brother Nielsen... Discouragement is forgetting who Jesus is. Just one of the greatest working definitions of a word that I've ever heard. I, I quote him often. I like to give credit when I know who, to whom to give the credit. Jesus, discouragement is just forgetting who Jesus is. Strength. Whose strength are we supposed to serve the Lord with? His strength. How about light? What does light do? Light makes manifest. Light allows you to see. Uh, The idea behind light in the Bible is not just illumination, but it is comprehension of, of your direction of what is going on around you. That's why Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Well, that's one of the reasons we put the candles up at Christmas time, just to remember those things. Jesus is the light of the world. We're never in darkness. We know where we're going. What did Jesus say about forgiveness? How many of you have ever run out of forgiveness for a fellow human being? Tell you, most of us have at one time or another. Well, wait, wait a minute. What did he say? Until 70 times 7. And the point there being is if you're counting, you're not doing it right. But how many times does he forgive us? You know, one of the reasons we worship the God of the Bible, one of the reasons we honor God, is because of the great love wherewith He loved us. For God so loved the world that He, what? Gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And all God asks in exchange is that we would take our miserable hell-bound, sin-sick soul 
and give it to him. It's more blessed to give than receive. But I will tell you the blessings of giving are connected with receiving, are they not? When I gave my life to Jesus Christ, August 28, 1977, I was the one that got blessed. When I surrendered to the Lord to be a preacher and follow Him in His direction, I'm the one that's received the blessings. You go through the Old Testament, the sacrifice for sin, there was nothing left over for um, the, the offerer. That was wholly given to God. The priest would receive a portion of that uh, as long as it wasn't on the Day of Atonement or that type of, uh, of sacrifice. But then there were thanksgiving offerings and peace offerings. And uh, there was something that was reserved for the offerer. There was supposed to be a feast that was involved with that sacrifice. That was the great sin uh, of um, Hophni and Phineas is that they were taking from the feast that God had provided for his people for offering those thanksgiving and peace offerings. They were robbing the people of the blessings that God wanted to give them through their giving to God. Now I want to challenge you as we think about Christmas. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I think I have more fun at Christmas as a parent than I did as a child. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, my wife doing all the shopping. No, uh, 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 I, I enjoy the, the look on the face. I enjoy the understanding that, hey, we, we take some time here and we're sharing our love and our mutual respect one for another. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah? When you needed salvation, God didn't make us stand there as beggars. He said, you can give me something and I'll give you salvation. Do you understand that? You know, in Islam and Protestantism and many of these other religions, your salvation is, well, you do the best you can and God will understand. I, I challenge you, there is no situation in life where that works. The best you can is not good enough if you're a computer programmer. Now, is it? Uh, you'd better learn how to program the computer before you sit down at the core uh, com keyboard and start typing in commands. Well, wouldn't that be a good thing? Uh, if you're an investment banker, uh, you'd better learn some things before you start taking other people's money and putting it at risk. Uh, if you are a doctor or a surgeon, I would hope and pray that you would have a great deal of experience. Now, well, let's see here. I wonder where I should cut first. Uh, I'll tell you what, we, 
We understand that in every aspect of life except our relationship with God. God has given us something that we can give to Him. It's our soul. It's our life destination. It's the right of determination. We call that freedom. I give that to God. And like the apostle, uh, like David the psalmist said, I find thy commandment exceeding broad. He said, I've seen the end of all perfection. I've seen the best that man can offer. And I find that I have more freedom in that narrow way than I possibly could anywhere else in this whole wide world. Can I ask you, first of all, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Have you given Jesus your soul? Are you saved today? Are you born again the Bible way for real? Now, if you are, have you given Him your life determination? I I still get misty-eyed every time I see one of those dress blues walking by, marine uniform. Oh, that's what I wanted. And then I stop, look in the mirror, and go, "Uh, I don't know that I'd ever got there anyway. That's not what Lord had for me. I gave Him my life. And I'll tell you, it's more blessed to give than to receive. He saved me. He has chosen my life's path. You see, God's blessings are for those that give. But He has given us His own resources. I shall do all things, how? Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And all God's people said. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask that you would bring home to us this simple truth. That it is more blessed to give than to receive. And Lord, in in that giving, You're not asking for things that we do not have or cannot get. You're asking for that which we already possess and can't do anything with. Lord, we ask that You would help us to understand that it's only by the surrender of ourselves and our ideas and our plans and our wishes and our hopes and expectations that we can find the greatest blessings that you have in reserve for us. Lord, help us to trust you more than we do ourselves. Help us to serve together as a church, that you may be honored and glorified at the magnificent things that you choose to do, that you choose to empower us to do in the name of your dear Son, It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The hymn of invitation this morning is Only Trust Him, 301 in your hymn books.